Welcome back, dear listener, to yet another episode of Reckless Attack, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast. My name is Nathan Lurz, and I am the Dungeon Master for this beautiful group. Yay! If everything goes according to plan, and you see how I paused in case we needed to edit this out later, this is our last episode of 2021 that we're about to record, which is... Crazy? Not so. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's Can't cool even. also. I paused for another edit. <laughs> <laughs> so happy for you guys to have joined us thus far on our journey. And first, I would like to introduce himself. Hi, everyone. It's Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pal, Mango. I don't have anything else to say, actually. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of long pauses. Oh, yeah. we got uh-huh. to get it together. He knows yeah. we're on a time yeah, right. we, got, we got places yeah. to <laughs> if be. If we do not get to Agmar in this episode, Nathan will literally leave. I believe the term he used was rage quit. Right. <laughs> pretty close. Right. We have been uh, <laughs> slowly inching our way to Agmar. We're at this point where it's like, no, stop role playing, stop talking, just go. No, no, <laughs> no more been, detours. No it's more. It's all fun. been perfect. I wouldn't change. <laughs> wouldn't change a thing. Again, I'm the dungeon master. I could do whatever I want. <laughs> if I if I had felt strongly about like we're getting there, then I'd just been like, you guys are there. <laughs> Whoa, what a, what a cool time. Yeah, great. Huh? Well, I'm sure lots of cool adventures happened. We'll learn about them some other time. All <laughs> in, right, in flashbacks. Yeah, exactly. Hey everyone. My name is Steve, and I am playing Sylvesterlin, the currently recovering from a traumatic experience dragonborn monk. That he is. I am looking forward to getting inside the city where there are walls and probably not any of those weird fear, deer, darkness things, <laughs> the, the FDDs. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. And I'm tossing it across the table. Hi, it's me, Sophie, and I play Valeska Carter. The human asterisk cleric of the Arcana domain who has so many emotions happening right now, she doesn't know what to do with them. (laughs) So she just keeps saying a quick prayer to center herself and is trying to contain her anxious frustration that customs at Agmar takes so long. Yeah, and I can imagine she's journaling through a lot of these feelings too, yes. probably. Mm-hmm. Yep, got she it. Pause, make some lunch, like, make sure everybody's doing okay. You know, pack some more scholastic book bags for the kids, yeah, the other right. kids that's she right. met. And, you know, not gonna see anymore. And then uh, is trying to fill the time before she gets in the city and she wants to be there. Hi, everyone. I'm David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock, who's feeling real relaxed right now. (laughs) Alchemically relaxed, in fact. I'm chill. The power of modern pharmaceuticals. Yeah. So, you guys are outside the walls, the almost blood-red walls of the Red City of Agmar, to be said and typed in all caps always for dramatic effect. It's been a long journey, both in podcast and in fiction, but you guys are finally here 
in a manner of speaking, in that you are part of a large line trying to get in. So that's taking away a little bit from the dramatic tension, but that's how these things happen sometimes. Luckily, you have recently stumbled upon something that might occupy your time as you are waiting your turn to go through the giant doorways. And that is the arrival of a pair of new individuals, we'll call them. One is a strange, almost legendary, perhaps, feared fighter, undead fighter, Val thinks, of the Pentarchy, who were the sorcerer warlords who ruled this area with a tyrannical grip for many, many years. And next to this individual was a hulking red dragonborn. And that is where we drop everyone back into the action. It is still raining as all of this is happening. It is a miserable time. Plenty of people are feeling a little, not angry, but annoyed. And, you know, having to wait several hours in line is never fun. And this large hulking dragonborn has reached out his clawed hand to shake the hand of Yanis Varga, the commander of the Verdant Wave, and has clasped it and said, Good to meet you, commander. You hear Yanis Varga? He gives a nod and he says, I've enjoyed our correspondence across letters. It's great to meet you in person. I look forward to working together. The dragonborn looks around and nods at everyone and and they go into kind of the little bit of introductions that you would expect. Eventually, this dragonborn looks around and notices Selv. Selv, how are you feeling in this moment? Well, first of all, he knows that there's other dragonborn out there, mm-hmm. but they're pretty rare. So it's always it's always nice to see another dragonborn somewhere out there because then you have this instant connection of uh, you know, like somebody walking down the street that has a t-shirt on of a show that you like. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh hey, yeah, all right, you know, hey, another finger, one. Finger guns, hey, finger guys. guns. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Selv knows that the turtle was going to thought it would be good to make introductions. And Selv is assuming this is the same this is the person he was talking about was the fourth member of the the Verdant Wave, which it looks like it is. But then looking at his clothing, mm-hmm. do I recognize any of the colorings or style of that clothing as either another monastery or another group that I would be familiar with? Please roll me a history check with advantage. That is a 19 with uh, with advantage. With that roll, a lot of things suddenly click into place. I would like to direct you to the lovely, I would say, perfectly artistically rendered map of the foothills of the Emerald Range, which has been posted on our website and on our social media, and also will probably be posted sometime in the aftermath of this episode uh, that I did. You have looked at this map at least a couple times, and you see... Just to kind of the northwest, a little ways away from Agmar, Agmar being kind of in the central part of the map, there is a city right at the foot of what appears to be a giant volcano. So that looks like Semaphorian Aphos? Yes, indeed. Mm. Suddenly, it clicks that there may have been a monastery there long ago at that city. And that this person 
may be a member of that monastery. And I will allow, since you rolled so high, do you have any follow-up questions about that information? I do. Are they known or suspected to have one of the secrets? Mm, one of the secrets. That you don't know. What, okay. you do, what you would know about this particular monastery, as this person is coming towards you, that this monastery, this ancient order, was one dedicated specifically to red dragons. Do I happen to know either the rumored philosophy of the monastery, or is there a traditional greeting that I could give to other members of other monasteries? I would say yes, but you can come up with what that traditional greeting is. Okay. The dragonborn detaches from the guild, and you see the turtle kind of ambulating behind, but very slowly. I will climb down from the wagon that I was in. It's kind of bad timing because I'm still not feeling myself, <laughs> really. Um, yep. <laughs> so I will make my way over to meet them partway. Like, if it's obvious they're coming in my direction specifically to me, then I will go out a little bit to meet them partway. I'm also assuming it's rather loud around here because it's crowded. There's oh, all these yeah. people. Everybody's talking. It's raining. It's raining. There's all the animals. So I'll go up next to them and I'll give the traditional bow and just say, greetings, brother, in Draconic. You see, as he approaches, he sees you bow and sees you say that. A big, pointed, toothy grin goes across his face and... He looks at you and growls out, Greetings, brother. And instead of a bow, puts a closed fist across his chest and nods his head at you. Who are you? Himself, Asterlin. And I'm going to give a small other bow. And you? My name is Kavos. I am a member of the Verdant Wave Adventuring Guild. What business brings you here, Silver? I am a member of the Golden Tree Guild. <laughs> Hilarious. We are here to establish a guild hall. Tell me, does the Verdant Wave already have one here? I've been here for a short time, but yes. Mm. Excellent. Where are you from? The Bingjuzi Monastery. Never heard of it. Where are you from? And I will tell him? <laughs> yeah, you can just say, I tell him. Yeah, I'll I give him the, the mountain range that the monastery is in. And he shrugs at you, basically, and says, So, what has brought you all the way outside of your mountain monastery? Oh, wait. And he looks at all the rest of you who I don't know. What are you guys all <laughs> oh, doing as this is all unfolding? Val, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Val would probably be just like not clearly eavesdropping, yes. but like she's watching Selv because she knows he's not feeling himself, but she's not actively trying to pay attention. So she might like be glancing over, but otherwise it's like, nah, just talking to somebody. Just casually paying attention to things. Yeah. Checkers is in the middle of trying to maybe, 
I'm imagining him like trying to stick some toilet paper onto the back of this large skeleton warrior's <laughs> shoe and getting caught in the act while Kavos is turning around and looking around and seeing everyone. Wait, can we roll for it though? Because I really don't want you to get caught. Remind me in a moment. Okay. So, dear listeners, please imagine just as you are picturing all of this scene happening, a checkers his head popping up every once in a while and then ducking back down and then popping up 10 feet away. (laughs) And then he's doing his mission impossible thing in the background. And we will resolve that in a moment. Yeah. But that's what checkers (laughs) is in the middle of already just on it. Uh Excellent. (laughs) Kaskrin has that. uh, I don't know for those of you who watch my hero academia, but he has that like Kaminari face where he's like used too much electricity and he's just in this like silly stupor with his muscles just relaxed from Etris's potion. And <laughs> it really is, wasn't that intense. Yeah. It was just <laughs> he's like something about it is like hitting him a lot harder than it should have. And he and Etris is like, oh, interesting. And like noting down side effects as he's walking around Kaskrin. So everyone is preoccupied, basically. <laughs> I guess what Kavos would say instead would be, and I assume this is the rest of your guild. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Sal. <laughs> as he, as Val he, is just like sitting in the driver's seat, like taking notes and like glancing over. Oh, and I'll also just say as flavor, Etris is certainly paying attention to the weirdness of Kaskrin, but is also just sitting on the top of the wagon, paying attention and then just taking shots of potion. <laughs> And you don't know what potion it is. He's just taking shots of a variety of small potions. And again, Kavos is just kind of like cocks an eyebrow at you. And so, um, this is the this is who yeah. you are with. Selv will look back and then kind of realize that he has been speaking in draconic and probably not nobody else. Well, aside, Val does. From, aside from Val, yeah, knows what he's saying. No one else is paying attention. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, well, but the turtle was there coming up also. He's still making he's, his he's way. Still making his <laughs> we'll, say, we'll say he's just now getting here. Okay. Hi, Selv. <clears throat> Greetings again. And, Have uh, you met? He interrupts uh, you because he's all just has too much momentum. Have you met Pyrelighter over here? Is his last name over here? <laughs> <laughs> you 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 get out of here. <laughs> no. You made your choice. You're pooping your pants over there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Karos has introduced himself. Uh, thank you. And actually, at this point, Selv will switch to common. Or not common as it's uh, known, but the, the language he knows, everybody knows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He'll say, yes, uh, and I'll gesture uh, to Etris up on the wagon top and say, this is Etris, our potions master. Oh, you're talking to me? Hi! Hi, who who are you? Who are, self? Who are your friends? Well, I know uh, who the turtle guy. What? He's a bit eccentric. Hi, a bit eccentric. No. <laughs> May I introduce Kavos of the Verdant Wave? Etris, very transparently, his eyes open a little bit, and he looks over at you, and he just says, "Hi, Verdant Wave, Kavos Sky. We look forward to." working and gilding alongside you. And he just looks awkwardly at Self for and approval. Self will just kind of continue on as if that was perfectly normal. Yep. <laughs> and then so does Etris. He's like, cool, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, got it. Got in Score. one. And then he'll, he'll point, this is Valeska. Val will like walk up now and, inter- and 
come alongside. Oh, did itself. someone say my name? Oh, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> and she will greet Kavos in Draconic, saying, very nice to meet you. He extends his hand and shakes it very, um, very solidly. <laughs> it's like, it would be like, like Harry Potter, ha- like shaking Hagrid's Yeah, hand. exactly. Being tiny Val going up to this large thing. He says, not in Draconic, back to you. Yes, good to make your acquaintance. It's Pentarchy standard, right? Yeah. Okay. Would be what probably a lot of these people are used to speaking. Cool. Who is the one pooping himself over there? This is Kaskrin. And Kaskrin's starting to come out of it because I don't want to just not do anything <laughs> for the whole episode. Again, you made your choices. I know I did. You're but... the poopy dwarf in the corner. Yep. Uh... Good thing it's raining. He is like walking up to. I'm not gonna say he's like walking stiffly. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not waddling. (laughs) You told me what Etrus is doing, and so I'm not. You know, no, I'm just kidding. Totally, please. (laughs) And Kaskrin is shaking Kavos's hand just a little, a little more limply than he normally would. He grabs your hand and kind of like turns it over, just looking at the the rock that is covering a lot. You know, obviously huge portions of your exposed. Skin? We'll call it skin. I don't know. What I guess. Yeah. Sorta. Yeah. Exposed rock face. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He cocks an eyebrow and he says, Very interesting. Can I actually see if he has any recognition? Like if he knows where Caswin is from. Sure. Give me an insight check. Can I also vibe check him? Just really a vibe check. Yes, absolutely. You can also roll an insight check. Nineteen. Mm-hmm. Eighteen. Katzgren, you get the sense that he looks at you and is like, huh, dude with rocks with hands. <laughs> All right. But it doesn't seem like it has any spark beyond that. Val, your vibe check tells you he probably didn't love that you talked to him in Draconic, actually. He didn't take offense to it necessarily, mm-hmm. but it was something you would have would have noticed. And he looks around a little bit. Checkers, could you roll me a stealth check? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, God, Sel- you're not close enough for guidance. Se- no. Self, Self nope. is also going to be looking around. Our final member is... Um, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh, no. That is a seven. <laughs> so what happens is Self is looking around. He's distracted, has a lot of wisdom that is still gone from the ambush earlier in the night. And Self, you notice that everyone around you has, except for you, has slowly turned to the side and is just looking at Checkers upside down on a wagon or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where is Checkers currently that he has discovered? So I was imagining him trying to sneak up behind the large undead warrior with a roll of toilet paper. Yeah, r- ready I was, to- was going to give you the nicety of saying you weren't there yet. Okay. So you could still continue your scheme, but okay. you are caught midway through the scheme and then you can go back to whatever shenanigans you want. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm imagining Checkers, if he didn't have the roll of toilet paper in his hand, had somehow like fixed a roll to his crossbow. (laughs) (laughs) And so like as he fired it, it would unroll. Yeah, (laughs) and TP whatever he was shooting at. So he might be like sitting on top of Mango then getting ready to pull off his cunning heist, as it were. His cunning toilet paper anti-heist right and that he's placing toilet paper somewhere not right. taking it so you might see him like sitting on top of mango just like trying to fiddle with the crossbow and getting all the the paper ready trying to keep it covered from the rain and everything and oh, oh hi self 
Selv, aren't you so happy you have your crack team to introduce yes. right now? <laughs> Ah, there he is, uh, and this is Checkers and his trusty Mount uh, Mango. And then Junior also pops up from the top <laughs> of the hat. And Checkers is the trusty Mount of Junior. Kavos just stares at Checkers. <laughs> Clearly yeah. has no idea what to make of this stack of frogs. And Checkers has that lightly guilty look on his face where he knows he was caught in the middle of something, but is still trying to pass it off as like, Oh, hi. How's it going? Val is not, is staring at Checkers, not in like a mean way, but of like, you were about to do something. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Everyone Val knows. knows. He rolled a two on the die. Val yeah. knows. I was, yeah, I tried. It did not work. She's just like the, she's looking at you like, what, is this a-, a good idea? That's just like what is written on her face. She's not saying that. But Checkers knows she, that he's Val's seen the, He's face. seen it before. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you really want to do this? I wasn't doing anything. Stop looking at me, Val. <laughs> Val will turn back to Kavos in the conversation. Yeah, and I'm also imagining like everyone turned at roughly the same time to look at Checkers mm-hmm. and then slowly turns back also yeah. at all the exact same time. <laughs> and then Selv is going to, whether this is the incorrect, correct interpretation or not, because of his reduced wisdom, he's going to say to Kavos, he is a grung, one of the frog people, but not the same ones that uh, we fought earlier. I'm sure Trankar will fill you in. Selv, this is Kavos. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And Kavos looks back at Checkers uh-huh. and he says, mm, Seems like a worthy challenge. Val doesn't need a vibe check for that. (laughs) Feathers ruffled over here. It was, um, interesting. Some of them were poisonous. And then he (laughs) self just kind of trails off there. Yeah. It looks like he's kind of like trying to collect some thoughts because stuff is kind of scattered a bit at the moment. And then we had a run in with another creature that was, uh, worse. Yes, the runic roads are definitely only to be traveled in caravans due to their dangers. For some, I came here alone. Is the warrior still next to him? The undead person is not really next to him, is really just standing there awkwardly still a little bit. Uh, And actually, a quick question. Is that warrior clearly undead no so val and i can ask anyone who is trained in history can make a role i don't think actually any of you are i think it's only val is trained in history you guys would just be like oh look at this very scary guard in scale mail Mm -hmm. with a giant skull on their face and then all right in that case self will turn and say and who is your friend almost remembering that someone was there Kavos turns back to this individual and says, Oh, that's right. I don't need you anymore. Thank you. You can go back inside the walls. And the, we'll call it a, an end of the individual kind of gives a little nod and turns back around and starts uh, pseudo marching, pseudo walking back towards the, the walls. Kavos just shrugs like, I don't know, some sort of, Guard, I don't really care, to be honest. Mm. 
a guard for Agmar? Yes. They don't let them in the city very often, from what I can tell, but they're always around. think they have some sort of clubhouse in the old part of the city. Interesting. Does it seem like Kavos needed an escort to get out here? You can roll an insight check, or you can ask Kavos. Insight. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk to him. 14. You would probably just be able to tell that someone got sent to go find you guys and like help him go through. More okay, or less. gotcha. Kavos turns back towards you guys after you've asked that. And Checkers, could you make me another stealth roll? So what I'm actually imagining is as Val and the whole group has caught him in the act, he would actually be kind of deflated and wouldn't, oh, wouldn't no. continue to pursue it. He's like, it's not fun anymore. If Kind of mope back? Yeah, like mm-hmm. he would mope back. He would just be like sort of laying on Mango as Mango sort of walks back to the rest of the group. <laughs> and it's like, guys, can we go in yet? I'm bored. His fun has been taken away by the fact that everyone knew what he was going to do. So he's just like moping at this point. Bummer. Yeah. Kavos, again, looks over at you guys, looks over at a defeated checkers and others. He looks back at you, Selv, and he says, Well, this has all been very interesting. I'm sure we will see more of each other inside the walls. Indeed. I look forward to any collaboration between our two guilds. He smirks when you say that, and... Goes to, again, cross his fists across his chest. And uh, self will bow and then also say, May your journeys be easy. At that, he perks up and he then extends his hand for you to grasp. Yeah, well, I'll take it and shake. In that, you can feel the power in his hand, in his arms. And he actually grabs your hand a little bit and he doesn't like move you but he would pull you a little closer and you can almost feel heat radiating from him. My people have no particular ill will against silver dragons and silver dragonborns, but I want you to know I have the strength to destroy those who oppose me, the cunning to keep what I win, and I have enough of both So no one dares take what is mine. And you would know this as a variation of a very familiar saying or like a very widespread saying of monasteries devoted specifically to the veneration of red dragons and kind of using them as a model for life. As soon as he says that, he looks at you and then releases your hand. And it goes back to the Verdant Wave Guild as Trankar the Turtle stares at you for a second. And then, bye. <laughs> and then turns. Fair travels, Trankar. That will wave. Trankar slowly turns around and just waves at both of you. <laughs> and then turns back. Would Val and have heard Kavos? Give me a perception check. 13. <laughs> you would hear, and this would be in Draconic, that he would have said this to you. I think you caught bits of it. Okay. Where maybe you couldn't recite the whole thing, but you got a gist at minimum okay. for sure. Caspian go back in line with the rest of the caravan and, yep. and wait to get in the city. I was going to say, and now you go back to interminable waiting. Um, uh, so go ahead. 
I was just going to ask if any of the other members of the Verdant Wave are going back into the city with Kavos. No, Kavos is now waiting. With oh, w- them. with them? Okay. Yeah, okay. but has now just turned, you know, turned his back, we, so to speak. We, we are done with the introductions and pleasantries, it, and he went back to his people. Exactly. Okay. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words... Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength and diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Dark Dice is a critically acclaimed actual play podcast brought to you by Fool and Scholar Productions. With over 20 awards in sound design, Dark Dice brings its horror-themed campaigns to life with snappy combats, terrifying monsters, and tons of original music. Each episode is only 45 minutes long and features an all-star cast of seasoned role players and first-time players alike including folks you might recognize, like Jeff Goldblum, Lily Pichu, and Jasper William Cartwright. Start with Season 1 and follow the adventurers on their quest to investigate a doppelganger, or jump into Season 2 and listen to a new story about a terrible, corrupting sound that infects all who hear it. Dark Dice is available for free however you listen to podcasts or at darkdice.com. So ask yourself, do you seek him while the downtime is happening val will go to checkers and just ask for his crossbow and the toilet paper (laughs) yeah fine you got me uh she will then go to etris and be like hey etris i need a mild adhesive mild like it will stick for an hour Mm. well i will say that is one of the least fun versions of an adhesive that you could ask me for. That's fair. Here, let me explain. And Val will explain her plan to create a crossbow bolt that will have a small amount of toilet paper attached to the top of it, but glued to the front with like a dull bolt, like almost like a Nerf bolt. Yeah. <laughs> so checkers could shoot it at a target and it would, the toilet paper would stick, but the bolt would fall. But as like it shot, the toilet paper would like unfurl. Okay, okay. So yeah, it is I like think... fun, but like <laughs> I don't want it to be permanent. No, I'm I'm interested. This I'm interested in this. Checkers, you come over here. Let's talk. <laughs> Let's talk. What's going on? And Val and... will explain and we'll 
the three of us can work on and, this. And, yeah, and, and like Etris like puts his hand around Checkers to be like, I think we're going to do something real fun together. Oh, <laughs> and Val is now concerned. <laughs> it's like, we got this Val. Thank you so much. Oh, uh, we're moving along, so uh, Checkers now will be no, here talking. I'm if you can get here, w- uh, well, Checkers, why don't My I'll idea- go drive the wagon? Why don't you hop on up? It's a two seater. All, all right. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time I think Checkers has really hung out with Etris. I mean, they've talked, but never really in like a oh, I'm it's the front of the wagon. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> the, your interests often do not specifically align, though your tastes kind of might. Yeah, right. I have made a horrible decision. <laughs> <laughs> I had this image now of Etris being like, so now tell me about this medium adhesive you wanted to put on these on this toilet paper roll to get them to stick, because I'm pretty sure that the stronger we go, the better. <laughs> and Chandler's told me, like, medium? Why would I, why would I, why would I want medium? No. Well, that, that's what I said. And Val, Val is sitting right behind him being like, no, 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 no. Val is <laughs> sitting on the, on the wagon. <laughs> you used an M word. I'm pretty sure it was medium. <laughs> no, that was maximum. <laughs> was it maximum? <laughs> Thanks, Al. <laughs> Val might just have to like buy a new crossbow bolt or crossbow for checkers to like swap it out in the middle of the night. And, yeah. and now, and now, Kaskarin's boots have permanent streamers of toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that's just like the scene as we're shuffling into the city. There's just like Kaskarin's got toilet paper on the bottom of both of his boots. Yeah, just fluttering in the wind yep. there. Again, <laughs> Sophie, I'm sure that. That particular character decision will definitely not bite me in the ass. Will, yeah, will so definitely not hard. come to haunt any of us at the table ever again. Thank you. I'm just waiting for some kind of combat to go badly, and then that is what saves us. The last, <laughs> the last arrow in the quiver is adhesive toilet paper. <laughs> okay, this is all happening over the course of a long time, but slowly and surely, you make your way up to the front of the line. You get a little bit separated with the Verdant Wave over the course of the couple hours, but they're actually kind of in there roughly at the same time as you guys. And finally, finally, (laughs) you go up to these huge blood red walls that are somehow even larger the closer you get to them. And you pass through the grand entryway into the Red City. Before you lays this sprawling city, seemingly teeming with life. There are rows of carts being processed through what seem to be surprisingly orderly lines by caravan guild members. As you kind of approach and are taking all of this in because there's so much bustle, someone asks you who you are, what district you're headed to, you know, maybe even has like a giant checklist. I'm sure Val has everything written down in one of her notebooks. And it's like, yep, hi, we're the Golden Tree Guild. And she probably has like the district street, very specific address of where they're going. And very quickly is like, just checks it off, checks it off. You keep things moving. Mm -hmm. And you all pass finally through these giant, huge gates. And you can see the walls that you're passing through are intimidatingly thick you couldn't imagine what sort of things could possibly get through something like that and as you step through these gates you suddenly realize that the rain is not coming down as hard as it is outside and if you were to look back behind you you would see that immediately on the other side of the gate 
it's coming down at the same frequency that it was, but something once you have stepped through is causing it to only just mist as you are being processed through all of that. You are quickly directed to the proper kind of stall. As you are being filtered through, you get a little something. A map of the red city of Agmar that I'm placing in front of all of you. For the first time, I've had this done for so long and we're here finally, (laughs) damn it. Hey, we did it. Cool. And I'll send it to all of you guys. It is a cool map, I think. But there's also a lot of spots that are specifically marked out. And there are also a lot of spots that are just kind of generally empty. That is because, as you guys all know, and I'm saying this also for the benefit of the listener, I really want you guys to drive a lot of the cool stuff to say like, hey, would there be this? Would there be that? What about this kind of a thing? And then we'll just kind of make it up and see if that's the case and go from there. Is there a giant triceratops skull in the middle of this map? Well, it's very interesting you say that, Sophie. We'll get to that uh, here in just a minute. And there's It's a regular size triceratops (laughs) skull. Well, I wouldn't call it that either. So, you guys still only able to see a little bit into the city. It's actually very interesting where there is this weird row of buildings almost right behind these stalls that you're being directed and processed through. And there's all these businesses that are just open, almost like, hey, we're greeting you with all of our business for you to come buy supplies and all that kind of stuff at. You guys are directed eventually to a stall where an elf woman is kind of bored and gestures you guys to come up and she says all right uh, can i see your paperwork please val hands it over absolutely and uh and she looks at stuff and she you know it's several it's several pages <laughs> and she does one of those like stamps this page stamps this page hands it to you has you initial some things mm-hmm. and confirms like okay so you guys are a member of a, an adventuring guild is that correct i need a verbal confirmation yes excellent That means that we need you to check in briefly with the shift commander who is just over there, and they will ensure that you are greeted appropriately, you get shown to where you're going, and whatever it is that you Adventuring Guild people type whatever need. Mm -hmm. Do you have any questions that can be answered in just a few seconds as we have many wagons behind? You're busy. I'll ask the shift commander. Thank you for your help. What's the gemstone? It looks cool. Checkers, let's go. <laughs> but wait, Val. Ask the shift commander. So a quick question. While we were going through, did I notice anyone that did not have to check in? And did they show anything to... To prove, to, to to prove anything? Yeah, to prove that they like had already checked in or something like that. Yeah, good question. So as far as you could see, no. It seemed like everyone was kind of being processed. Ooh, I forgot to mention one other thing. As you guys are turning away, the elf woman who is helping you guys, she calls out, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I got distracted with the guild paperwork stuff. All the people who enter Agmar and are establishing permanent residence here, or at least have intent to for 90 to 120 days, get a gold stipend. And here is yours. And she slides five bags of gold over to you guys and within each mm. is 15 gold pieces Ooh, uh, and you see that everyone who is being processed is getting some of these bags she says uh, if you have any questions about that or anything else technically i am available to answer your questions but the shift commander will also answer your questions 
Would you mind a- answering what the gemstone was, Checkers? Right? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. The Ruby Citadel is one of the most <laughs> well-known parts of Agmar. It was a stronghold built and often resided in by the Pentarchy. Many say that Celestia Dreamweaver herself, the head of the Pentarchy, preferred living there instead of in their capital city. Right now, it is used as a place of governance here in Agmar for the new government. At the top of several of the towers in the city are large gemstones. There are many theories as to why they are there. Some say it could be of arcane significance. Some say it could just be because it looked very impressive. But either way, it sure lightens up the skyline here in Agmar. Does that answer your question? Yes, thank you. And Val doesn't give you, Checkers and a you chance can, to respond. You can tell, like, as Checkers was listening, his face is just dropping the whole <laughs> time. Of like, He thought it would be way more interesting. I, <laughs> eyes rolling back. Yeah. yeah, but as you were giving that very like historical explanation... He's just like, <laughs> so he 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 willingly goes with Val when he, when she pulls him away, and Val knows that tour guide like I'm done tone. It's just like I'm I'm sorry we asked. <laughs> As someone who has been on many museum tours and historical mm-hmm. tours, and has probably asked too many questions of a tour guide in her life, yes, knows knows that absolutely. vibe very well. Val has probably broken at least one tour guide. <laughs> yeah, an immediate quick retirement. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You guys make your way through kind of all of this crowd and the runic road again, much like when you made your stop at Crossroads, it continues through the city and again has all the cool runic stamps all over it and even the occasional shimmer. And eventually the path clears and standing before all of these various shops who are already shouting to get people's attention and uh, direct them over to their wares. You see two individuals uh, who you were told essentially like the shift captain will be kind of over in this direction where these people are standing. First of all, you once again see another one of these undead knights. Just to clarify, are they actually undead or the human? Well, Sophie, can you tell me and the group what you know about what these individuals are? Yes. So Val knows that these individuals are from the Lasting Legion, a group of undead warriors who were feared for their dedication and prowess in battle and dedication to their masters. They were just a force of destruction when set upon an enemy of the Pentarchy. They... From what Val knows, were gone from the records after the Pentarchy fell, so she doesn't know anything after. So she's not really sure of their recent history or their role in Agmar right now. Or who took them over. Or who yeah. took over their But command, it is undead. It is undead. It's definitely differently proportioned, you can tell. Like, they're not all kind of carbon copies of one another, but it is wearing the exact same outfit yeah. and uh, I guess as the other one. Val would have checked if they were undead. You would have detected this is an undead creature. Okay. One other thing that I wanted to be sure to point out in my description, and something that you would know the significance of Val, is that on their right arms, the kind of the upper upper arm area, mm-hmm. I guess, not for whatever the opposite of a forearm is, covering their the aft arm. Sure, why not? <laughs> you see, there is a long red sleeve 
of additional fabric covering the whole red arm. And you saw that on the individual outside of the walls and you mm-hmm. see it on this one. And you would know just based off of these historical descriptions of their armor and their unit that it's probably covering up a symbol of the pentarchy. That is one of the individuals that you see. And on the other hand, there is not a large dragon person. You see a relatively squat individual who is holding a big pike in one hand and has a cape tied around their kind of like thick, pudgy neck. They are barking out a couple orders to a couple of guard members who just kind of happen to be around. And it is a what appears to be a bipedal hedgehog person. And you can hear even from several feet away, even with a little bit of rain and all of the commotion, you hear, all right, you take these, you take your patrol over here. We have been really slacking on crime over in this direction. And, uh, oh, and you, and is just ordering people around. And uh, you are starting to, you know, you go up and I assume approach them. And as you are almost being carried by the crowd to a certain extent, because there's just a lot of momentum going this direction, you actually happen to see the verdant wave also approaching at roughly the same time, going the same direction. Uh, Val's excitement it cannot be ruined by the burning wave right now. <laughs> Sophie's actual human eyeballs just like rolled into the back yeah. of her head. Here <laughs> but Val is excited. Yanis Varga also looks over at you guys and... Val will give him a courteous nod. Yep. You guys trade courteous nods <laughs> once again. The hedgehog person turns to you guys Yes, can I help all of you? And his eyes drift down to any Gilder badges that you guys have on mm-hmm. display, which I assume at least probably some of you Val's do. Val's is prominent and polished and like ready. <laughs> yeah. Val has made sure checkers is where he is. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be on his hat? Probably, probably not. He- is it like uh, Frodo's like clasp? Does it hold his cape together maybe? Yeah, that's fine. We'll say that because he would have other shells and like other symbols around his neck. So he might have one that's just of the Golden Tree Adventuring Guild. I can also see Checkers just putting on a different part of his body every day, just yeah. whenever yeah. he feels like it. Right. <laughs> it, could uh-huh. be, it could literally be anywhere. Yeah, it's like exactly. On, on a bag. It's actually on the bag that's over his shoulder mm-hmm. one day. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The hedgehog person looks at you guys and he says, oh, you uh, are all the, uh, the guilders supposed to arrive today. He uh, gives you guys a smart salute. I am Shift Captain Jack Brill. Good to meet you all. Some cities have a contentious relationship with their guilders, but we here in the Red Guard uh, always appreciate and like to work together as much as possible. We are eager to help, and I'm sure that this is the start of a a nice relationship moving forward. And he's kind of like darting between uh, all of you guys. Val will step forward and like go to shake (laughs) Jack's hand. Like, very nice to meet you, Commander Brill. My name is Valeska Carter with the Golden Tree Guild. Very excited to meet you and look forward to a great working relationship. His hand is, for once, roughly the same size as Valeska's very small hand. Okay, so that makes sense in that there is a leaf on you all. And then, the oh, you must be the the Verdant Wave. And Giannis Varga also steps forward and says, uh, yes, we're the Verdant Wave Adventuring Guild. It is good to meet you. He eyes over at the undead individual over in the corner. And said undead individual also steps forward. She says in kind of a tinny, ringy voice, kind of think of it as uh, in like Full Metal Alchemist, the, oh, what's his name? Alphonse. Yes, who is stuck in the suit and kind of has that where it like rings and reverberates a little bit every time they talk in a feminine presenting voice. 
the soldier says, Hello, good to meet you all as well. I am the fortunate. I am a member of the Bones. We too work together with the Red Guard to ensure the safety of Agmar. Is the fortunate a name or a title? It is complicated. It is both. Mm, very well. Jack once again kind of hops in and is just like, so I'd imagine probably all of you are eager to get into your residences. Oh, I see you already have maps. Here's another one. It's already marked on where your guild halls are. Oh, look at that. How lucky. You're both neighbors. Oh, <laughs> you'll, you'll be sharing a common room. Yeah. <laughs> he hands you a map. He hands you guys a map, and you probably can't make out exactly where it is on the Verdant Waves map, but you can tell it is a different checkmark area. Your guys' guild hall is located kind of in the central north part of the city, and the Verdant Waves is located somewhere else. You can't tell unless you want to specifically try to tell. Val would like to make a perception check to see where the Verdant Wave guild is. I was actually thinking... Checkers might actually go try to steal one of the maps that Jack would hand out to the Verdant Wave Adventuring Guild and just kind of like keep that for himself. Okay. Yanis Varga would like look at it, take all of it in, and hands it off to Trenkar, mm-hmm. the turtle wizard, mm-hmm. who also kind of looks it over and then tucks it into maybe a belt pouch or even like scroll case or something like that, but is not firmly secured, we'll say. Okay. Sleight of hand? Absolutely. Ah, nine. (laughs) Trankar looks down at you, Checkers, and just says, What are you doing, little one? I just wanted to compare notes, that's all. You could have asked. Yeah, but that that uh, wouldn't have been very fun. Well, you can try again another time. And he... He, he shifts he shifts the map a little around. It was on his side, and he shifts it to his front, and he looks almost like coyly and playfully down at you, almost like being like, eh? Eh? Jack is <laughs> honestly just like, at this point, just dejectedly walks away. Agmar like, sucks. <laughs> right, this, I hate this place. This place sucks. The rain is cold. The floor is muddy. Eh. I prefer to think of it as Checkers is a, an absolutely brilliant tactician and is making everybody think he's terrible at <laughs> <Yeah>. everything. <laughs> so just, it's so nobody, nobody will suspect him. He's, he's doing the long con. Right. Can I do my perception check? Yes, absolutely. 23. Yes. So you can see their headquarters is actually located more towards the docks, which is in the southeast portion of the city. So... Jack turns you guys and is like, I would love to make sure that that you all get to your spot. I will lead one of you and the fortunate will lead the rest of you. And Varga says, it would be an honor to be escorted by you, uh, shift captain. Brill looks and is like, that's fine. As long as it is fine with you all, I will just certainly have you know, one of my commanders will be by... I'm sure in the next couple of days to make formal introductions, but it was nice to meet you. I'm sure our paths will cross again soon. And he again kind of extends his tiny little hedgehog hand. That will definitely shake his hand, say, yes, thank you very much. We will gladly follow the fortunate to our residence. The fortunate waves you guys behind her. You guys start heading north into the city. On the other side of the shouting of the shops, As soon as you clear that area, you enter into this open, bustling square, which you see on your map is labeled as the Museum District. 
there are several really large, beautifully made, official-looking buildings that occupy large footprints. You can make out a few signs here and there. There's a money changer house, some museums. There seems to be a library, he looks pointedly over at Val. But the fortunate is just continuing to walk and isn't really taking you on a sightseeing tour, so to speak. Beyond that, as you walk, your attention is grabbed immediately by three landmarks. First, before you, in the middle of the road, you see... Four statues flanking either side of the roadway with a larger fifth statue that is square in the middle of your path. The four are currently covered by what appear to be tarps maybe or something, but the fifth tarp, just kind of in the heat of an interesting moment, seems to have blown off. And as, you know, someone, maybe a guard, comes to wrestle the tarp back in, you see the visage of what some of you would recognize as Celestia Dreamweaver, ruler of the Pentarchy. I have character art. Oh, wow. Because I had a very specific idea in mind aesthetically of what I wanted it to look like, and my brain was too dumb to do it, and so so someone else did. What in the world? (laughs) That's crazy. I will describe this statue in full in a little bit, because there are a lot of other things pulling at your attention at the moment. In the distance, you see what for some of you would be a familiar sight, a huge cathedral with the symbols of the 12 gods of Rixia adorning it. You also see there are several statues representative of each god. I also have more to show you guys, which is the symbols of the 12 gods of Rixia as well as the symbol of the 12, which is kind of its own bespoke symbol, which we'll go into more detail of later, because there's still a third thing that is somehow on top of those things taking more of your attention. Finally, between those two landmarks is what is likely a pretty astonishing and potentially emotionally complex sight. There is the skull of what appears to be an ancient dragon, which is itself the size of a large building. Large horns protrude from either side with a protective plate jutting out the back, kind of like a triceratops, as Sophie specifically said. No other remnants of the skeleton appear, at least above ground, and in front of the skull is what appears to be a community board of something, which is something adventurers such as yourselves would know might be a good place to look for work eventually. But all of that and so much more lays ahead of you in the Red City of Agmar, which we will pick up next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for playing. Thanks for listening. We made it to the city. Yay. Yay. See you next week. We made it. Yay. Yay. Yeah. It doesn't have to rage quit. Yay. Yay.